on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067. Auburn up like a sports leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy March. It is March 1st, 2023. Crazy that we're already here, but time flies when you're having fun. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you for the next two hours right here on ESPN 1067 for the Wednesday edition of On the Line. And man, it's a busy show today. So much to talk about Auburn basketball on the road in Tuscaloosa tonight. We'll talk about out uh, what what has to happen for Auburn to try and uh, compete in this game, possibly get an upset victory tonight on the road. We'll talk about all of that today here on the show. We're also going to have Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. He joins us every Wednesday on the show talking all things Georgia athletics and uh, some big news from uh, Georgia football and uh, just around that program and some players in that program. Uh, We'll talk to Jordan Hill about that coming up at 2.30, get his thoughts on that entire uh, Jalen Carter situation. Uh, it's it, it's sort of confusing right now, and, and we're going to get his thoughts on it coming up in just a little bit. Then we'll talk some more college basketball and, again, look at what needs to happen tonight. Auburn on the road at Alabama. We'll talk about that all show long today, and we'd love to hear from you. Phone lines are open today, 334-321-1390. That number again, 334-321-1390. How are you feeling about Auburn going on the road tonight in Tuscaloosa? Uh, Most people are not really giving Auburn a a chance to win this one. Uh, They are currently 10-point underdogs on the road tonight in Tuscaloosa. How do you feel about it? Auburn going on the road to Alabama. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. First things first, Carter, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, man. It's a it's a great day outside. It it's been so consistently warm. Yeah. Wow. Like I kind of like it. Um. But it's not. It hasn't been like super hot yet, which I'm okay with. And supposed to rain the next couple of days. I think uh, this weekend's supposed to be really really nice. Last time I looked, and so excited for that. It's finally March, and I don't want to get ahead too much, but. This is one of my favorite months of sports all season long. March is just so exciting. Of course, you have March Madness, the NCAA tournament coming up in uh, just a couple of weeks. So excited for that. We'll get into some of that here in a little bit as well. But again, phone lines are open. Give us a call. 334-321-1390. Anything on your mind in the sports world. And again, how are you feeling about Auburn's uh, chances tonight in Tuscaloosa? And Carter, that is where we will start Auburn on the road tonight. And coming into the year, uh, the matchup with Alabama, you would have said, yeah, more than likely this will be a split, right? You think that both teams would get the win on their home floor. The last three times that I have gone to Tuscaloosa and watched Auburn play Alabama, Auburn has won in Coleman Coliseum. Uh, I obviously am not making that trip this year uh, for some obvious reasons. Uh, the lack of confidence in this team is the main one. And it is. it seems like most Auburn fans are in the same boat that tonight has a chance to kind of be ugly in Coleman Coliseum. 
Yeah, I I think that the line being ten points um, gives me a little bit of hope. Is that, that maybe, encouraging? <laughs> maybe 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 Auburn can can hang in there. I just really want to know. Um, I really want to know what type of fight um, Auburn shows. If Auburn shows a lot of fight, then I feel great because I feel great, especially going into Saturday against a Tennessee team that I know that you were. Um, hanging with on the road of course they suffered a key Mm. loss last night i just think Mm -hmm. for me this is a game where if auburn shows fight i'm fine with whatever the result is as long as it doesn't if they keep it within 15 like if it's if it's in alabama separates that 15 late like I, i don't want it to be Alabama's up 30 and Auburn chips away to 15 in the last five <laughs> right. minutes or something. Right. Um, I want to see Auburn show fight. If they're there in the final five minutes in a single-digit game with a chance to uh, cut it close and maybe make Alabama a little bit nervous, more power to Auburn because I think that that's that's huge. That, that'd be, that would show me a lot coming off what was a very disheartening performance on Saturday. Yeah, and we when you sit and compare where Auburn is right now versus where Alabama is right now with what's happening on the floor, right? You look at the teams and their performance in the games. Alabama had their game on Saturday against Arkansas where they started very slow. Arkansas had multiple chances to get out and take control of that game. They did not. Alabama got out up big. And then Arkansas almost came back and won that thing. They made it a game down the stretch and had a chance again to beat Alabama. But overall, Alabama's still playing really, really well. Given all of the off-court stuff, they're still playing really well. And tonight, they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. Tonight, there's a couple of things at stake for Alabama. They can sweep Auburn this year. Of course, they came to Neville Arena and beat Auburn a couple of weeks ago. So they would get the season sweep tonight of Auburn if they win. They could also cut down the nets tonight. And they could win the outright SEC regular season title in Coleman Coliseum by beating Auburn tonight at home. That's going to be big for them. A big motivator for them and Nate Oates. They're going to be ready to play. And... Whether you agree or disagree with who should be playing for that squad, they're all going to be there, they're all going to be playing, and they're going to be playing well. Auburn has to find some sort of motivation tonight to go in here and get up for this game because how easy would it be to just lay over and let this team score 40 in the first half and put up 100 total in this game? I mean, there's, there's a very easy chance for that to happen, and it would be easy for Auburn to do that given the, the opposite directions that these teams are going right now. Alabama just going straight up and, and, and searching for a Final Four, and Auburn is scrapping to get into the NCAA tournament. Does Auburn play like that tonight, I think, is, is very, very important, and we have to wait and see. Yeah, I think that um, this is going to be such a weird environment because, you know, Auburn, it's a critical game for Auburn. Uh, a win would seal the NCAA tournament. Auburn needs to show fight. Auburn, it's a rivalry game. Everything surrounding the Alabama side with Brandon Miller whether he should be on the court or not. I mean, I have my opinion on that. I 
the way that they've handled it, how poorly they've handled it, the way that that fan base has just weirdly rallied around him and somehow turned him into the victim of the situation, which I think is gross, but that's a completely different conversation. And the fact that a win tonight, they seal the SEC regular season. There's just... So many circumstances surrounding this game that I think is going to create one of the weirder environments we see in college basketball this season tonight. Um, and I do, I, I, I think this is a really bizarre way that Alabama fans have have twisted. I think Alabama fans view a lot of the criticism of Brandon Miller in Alabama in this situation think they blame Auburn a lot so I wonder if there's an extra edge to the crowd because of that oh I guarantee there is and that's been a very popular statement from from Alabama fans uh from Alabama uh people right from from people within the university or people that cover Alabama or talk about Alabama whether it's uh, on a platform like this or written or whatever it may be that's been a very very loud talking point is well, Auburn fans and Auburn radio and Auburn beat writers are only covering this and hammering this because it's Alabama, and that's just not true. This could be any other school in the country, and we would talk about it. The reason that this entire situation has gotten magnified is, A, a young woman was killed, a mother was killed, which is still the most important factor here. Please don't lose that. But B... The fact that Alabama is the number two team in the country looking to run to the Final Four, that's why this is magnified. The fact that Brandon Miller is the best freshman in college basketball, he's a top 10 pick in the NBA draft, that's why the noise has been so loud. That's why the coverage has been what it is. It just happens to be Alabama. But at the same time, if this would have been an Auburn player that did this, if this would have been a high-rated freshman at Auburn that did something like this, that was involved in something like this, Alabama and their fans and the media and everybody would be just as hard on Auburn as they would on Alabama. So take that out of it because it's not true, but you're absolutely right, Carter. The fans are going to play into that tonight because they will be ready to go in Coleman Coliseum. They may sell out for the first time this year. The reason why this is so magnified is that Alabama's been a top three, four team for a little while. And if you look at FanDuel right now, Alabama has the second highest odds to win the national championship. Like this is a national championship contender. I mean, sure. If this happened to Washington state or something, the stage isn't as big. Maybe it doesn't get as much attention. It still should. Like it's still an outrage that this is taking place. Um, and that he's still playing in my mind, but I mean, this, there's also this narrative that has been created by Alabama fans that, oh, like this is the media coming after Alabama and the media always comes after us and look how, I mean, the fact that, I mean, after the South Carolina game, I listened to Alabama fans talk about, I mean, does anybody have it worse than us? And that's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what, what are you what? talking about? What? Just a uh, just a fun fact. Looking at StubHub right now, just doing a quick search on tickets for tonight. Over half the sections in Coleman Coliseum still have tickets available. I don't know how many tickets are available, 
But the cheapest one right now is about 115 bucks on StubHub, and over half the if sections game, in Coleman in Auburn, have tickets available. This game was in Auburn, and the tickets would be four times that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, also, fun fact, the, the line on FanDuel has moved a half point in Auburn's favor. Interesting. I, I wonder why. I mean, like, I wonder... I wonder what betters are looking at because if true betters have watched these teams, Auburn is not the way to go tonight. I'm just going to say it up up front. Now, if you want to play points, that's a whole different thing, but there's a reason Auburn is an underdog tonight and Coleman Coliseum. Like there's all of the factors that we've just talked about feed into that, plus Alabama just being a really good basketball team and having a good coach in Nate Oates and the fact that Alabama Again, it's the number two team in the country, second best odds to win the national championship, and Auburn is begging for a win to get into the NCAA tournament. So lots of factors tonight in Coleman Coliseum. Let's get to the phone lines. We'd love to hear from you, 334-321-1390. And Ed, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey, guys. How are y'all doing? Doing all right, Ed. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to tell you, it's not going to be a good game, and I, I think Bama will probably beat Auburn by more than the 10, but I was going to talk about the hypocrisy about Alabama people. Now, uh, you gentlemen, you're not old enough to remember uh, when Pat Dye was at Auburn, when Bama, you know, realized they couldn't, they had a problem. He was recruiting better and, you know, beating them. Uh, they got a kid to go to Auburn, Eric Ramsey, to go to Auburn, you know, and, mm-hmm. and beg for stakes. And, you know, got Auburn and Pat Dye fired. Larry Blakeney went to, you know, Troy. Uh, he was going to keep it down home because, but, uh, you know, and they they drugged this out for about three or four months. It didn't just come out, okay, hey, every day. And they, Alabama people just reveled. In it, and if you look back and, and you look right now, okay, Georgia has just you know you can they were just as wrong as Alabama was as far as you know not releasing things about in basketball situation with Georgia you know Jalen Carter situation mm-hmm. and and you go back you look back in history. Out, out of Bear Bryant's heritage, there was Charlie Pell. There was uh, uh, Jackie Sherrill. There was, and even Pat Dye, you know, uh, uh, almost every head coach, every coach that went under him went up getting caught for cheating. Uh, and and it just went on so much. But for Alabama people to act like Auburn has anything to do with this, it's just so childish. And it's just, it shows their, I don't know what you would call it, insecurity or their, there's something there that I don't understand because Auburn had nothing to do with this. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and the thing about the kid with the pat down and all that, not, Come on, guys! Anybody, anybody in that program's got to know. Uh, if I'm if I'm the towel boy, I got to say, hey man, I don't think y'all need to pat him down today. Yeah. You know, yeah. After he, he, he's been at a murder scene, somebody should. You know, 
for them to act like in the coach act like he didn't know that that was happening for a month or whatever, that that's just that dumb ridiculous. And, and you know, I'm just tired of the people that, that they're trying to they, they they try to throw mud at you to take the the dirt off themselves or something. I, I don't know exactly what they think. Alabama people right now, I don't know what, why they're mad at Auburn in any way, but that's just that's just Bammers, you know. But, guys, I appreciate y'all taking my call, but, yeah, it's not going to be a good, you know, Auburn's, it's not going to be a good night tonight, I don't see, but I hope, I hope the players just, I hope they, you know, go out and compete. Yep, and that's all you can ask for. Yeah, appreciate the call. We it's good to hear from you on this Wednesday edition of On the Line. And yeah, when you know to 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 kind of wrap that up there, just when you talk about the whole situation, it's easy for an opposing fan base to attack a situation like that if it were to be Auburn jumping on it because it's Alabama. And it's also easy for for Alabama fans to say, okay, well you're only getting on you're only you're only making this bigger because it's us, right? And look, that happens in every situation with any rivalry in any sport, whether it's a team that whatever it may be, whatever sport, whatever rivalry, whatever the scenario is, it always happens this way, but this situation it has a lot more to do with that, and it's a lot bigger than that. And I promise you, 90% of Auburn people, not even fans, just Auburn people, that includes fans, media, personnel, uh, anybody, they're not and we're not making this a big situation because it's Alabama and we want to see Alabama go down and all that. Like That's not what we're doing here. We're bringing light to a situation that's a very serious matter. Yeah. And the fact that it's being addressed and handled in the most wrong ways possible time and time again, day after day after day, that's why it keeps getting brought up. And if you've listened to our show, we have not made a huge deal about this over the past couple of days, just waiting to see what's going to happen, but yet it always gets brought back up. And of course, tonight it has a factor with it being Auburn and Alabama. And Carter, you brought up that the fans are probably going to use that Alabama fans as extra motivation to be uh, very nerve wracking for Auburn tonight in Coleman Coliseum. Well, I mean, I, there, there's actually this narrative that like, I mean, I saw pretty prominent Alabama Twitter pages tweeting stuff out like, oh, like Auburn fans are going to be sick when he goes for whatever tonight I mean this was about the South Carolina game but like look I mean this what's happening the public and national outrage and international outrage because it it literally has reached it reached uh British newspapers over the weekend by the way there were articles being written about it I think in the Guardian um but the fact that it's it's not Auburn it's not Auburn fans that are pushing the outrage. It is 95% of everyone out there that's really outside of Tuscaloosa. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. And, 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 and look, is this being escalated because it's Alabama? Yeah, it is. You can say that to an extent, and, and it's wrong to say not, but it's not because the world wants to see Alabama go down. Like That's not what this is about. 
it's a lot bigger than that. And we got to get to our first break. We've gone over in this first segment, but we'd love to hear from you, Ed. We appreciate the call. 334-321-1390. We'll have question of the day as it is March 1st. Is the month of March the best month in sports of the year? We'll talk about it when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get to the phone lines here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. Terry, you're on the line. Welcome in. Thanks, guys. Guys, let me let me try to answer Ed's questions a little bit there. Alabama fans can't stand the fact. I mean literally can't stand the fact that there's a final four final four banner hanging in Neville Arena and there's not one there in Coleman. Yeah. I think that's fair. They can't stand that. They It drives them crazy. Guys, I used to work with Alabama fans at my last job I retired from. After over 25 years, they wouldn't even associate with me. Because I'm, they would say because I'm an Auburn person. <laughs> well, I mean, that, it that, happens. That wouldn't give any other reason. I'm sorry, Jack. I didn't even step on you there. No, no, you're no, you're. I, I had nothing. You're good. I'm, I'm just saying it happens. I mean, it, it. That's how this rivalry goes, right? And there's, there are. I mean, it splits families apart. It splits marriages apart sometimes in this state, Terry. I, I, I agree, guys. NIL was going on in Tuscaloosa long before it became legal. I'll probably I say mean, not it, just Tuscaloosa. I mean, it, I mean, that's been going on for a long it's time. No secret that that. I think it's happened but, basically everywhere, Terry. But they're the main ones that'll deny it. I, I mean, I, 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 I don't. I mean, I think everybody has done it, and everybody would have denied it before nil. Oh, I agree. I agree. But I don't. Alabama's so arrogant; they wouldn't deny it. They wouldn't even deny. It. They wouldn't even come close. They say we're doing it. We're get away with it too. Well, the what problem, the problem is, face. yeah, problem is, if you go after one, you go after them all. And like Carter said, I think you could probably get just about every program in the country and every sport for that. I agree. I don't, don't disagree with that at all. But it's just that's the arrogance of the University of Alabama, uh, that somebody's got something they don't have. We heard it for years with the Heisman Trophy. Now they actually have more Heisman Trophies than Auburn does. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, for years you heard that argument back and forth. So, I just, I mean, it, it, look, you know what would, would, would bother Alabama fans more than losing, would be known by 40 tonight if Brandon um, Miller scored 50 and they lost? Yeah. Hmm. I mean that would drive them crazy. That really would. That's not going to happen. They're going to they're going to get their hats handed to them because I think this team has given up. I don't think the coach has. I don't think there's in Bruce Pearl's DNA to give up. But I think the team has because I think there's a lot of guys that know they are not going to be at Auburn next year. The seniors you know aren't, but a lot of these other guys aren't either. Yeah, well, I, I I think that there's. I mean, wouldn't that if you if you knew that this was your last run at Auburn? If you're an individual player, wouldn't that motivate you to have fight down the stretch to try to make a tournament? And I mean, some people would. If this team makes another tournament, Auburn can't say in the last really ever how like there's that many teams, that many former players that have made back-to-back tournaments. Well, I I agree with you, Carter, and I see your point. But we're talking about the kids of 2023, and I know you guys are pretty young too. I'm not. I'm not. You know, singling you out or anything like that. 
Yeah, and pretty, you know, and every, my apologies if it sounds like that. Yeah, I mean, but, everybody, everybody's built different. I mean, yeah, some people would take that and say, okay, we have a chance to to make one more NCAA tournament in our senior year. Let's try to do it. But not everybody's like that, and we don't know what these kids are built like on that side of it. We don't know that, and and that's not our our place to know. But it just it it seems like that at times. Yes, Terry, that this team has given up a little bit, and you see it in their body language, and you very well may see it tonight at Coleman Coliseum. Well, Jacob, I agree with what you're saying. I don't discount, discount it. But at the same time, we've seen a lot on the court from a lot of players like selfishness to me. Yeah. I mean, it, so, everybody's built different, and, and they just react different, right? And it's just, it, we're going to see, we've seen it down the stretch. And again, I think tonight's going to be big on, on body language for Auburn. Well, keep something in mind. Last thing, guys. Keep something in mind. Let's wait till the NCAA pairings come out before we piss the team into the Final Four. Alabama's playing like a Final Four team, but if they get a road like Auburn had a couple of years ago, they ain't going. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to play well, and they're a young team. There's no doubt about it. I agree with you. Because one of those teams they beat on the road to the Final Four was Kansas, and Kansas, Auburn could beat Kansas this year with nothing. They couldn't, but they'd take Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley to beat Kansas this year. <laughs> I mean, fair. I just think that that was a very different Kansas team that Auburn ran into. They were, I mean, yeah, it was one that was injured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, a, it was an injured Kansas team that did not match up with Auburn's style of play well at all. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate the call, it, Terry. Terry. It's good to hear from you. We're up against our bottom of the hour break music. There it is. About to bump us out of here. Look, when it comes to this Auburn team, have they given up? I don't think so. But the body language hasn't looked great. I think that's extremely important to watch tonight in Coleman Coliseum. We'll talk some more about that later on. But Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 coming up to talk all things Georgia Athletics. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 1067. Welcoming in Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. He joins us every Wednesday at 2.30 talking all things Georgia athletics. Jordan, hope you're doing well. Uh, basketball season starting to uh, decline a little bit, starting to come to an end for this Georgia basketball team. We'll get into that in just a second. But uh, the, the news out of Athens right now, uh, uh, that everybody seems to be talking about is uh, the news for a Georgia football, former Georgia football player going to the combine. Uh, it is uh, talking about Jalen Carter and the news that uh, he has a couple of charges against him could have been uh, involved with a crash that happened in Athens uh, a while back. What can you tell us about this situation, given the information that's come out today? Yeah, Athens Clark County Police put out a statement this morning. Uh, Jalen Carter has uh, been charged with two misdemeanors, reckless driving and racing. Uh, this stems from the January 15th uh, car crash that led to the death of Devin Willock, an offensive lineman for Georgia, and a recruiting staffer, Chandler LaCroix. Um, the investigation uh, that was um, – the, the details from the investigation that were shared in that statement talked about what had happened. Um, the recruiting staffer, Chandler, Chandler LaCroix, was driving one vehicle. Jalen Carter was driving another. Uh, the two were racing at about 2.30 a.m. Um, and um, further details, uh, Chandler LaCroix's car got up to about 104 miles per hour before it crashed. And uh, the toxicology report 
I came back on her, and she was over twice the legal BAC limit. So um, a very sad turn of events. Uh, you know, we, we were sort of waiting on the details, specifically with her toxicology report. Um, but the timing is um, unfortunate for everybody. You know, Jalen was in Indianapolis uh, and was just a few minutes away from being interviewed by media when this broke. Um, obviously, uh, we'll see what happens next. He has put out a statement on his social media saying he's going to go back to Athens uh, basically to take care of uh, any legal responsibilities he has. And he made sure to put in a statement as well that he's waiting for basically the truth to come out about his involvement. So uh, we'll see. You know, the biggest thing that I told people today, uh, it's a very tragic situation. And I put at, put aside draft stock or you know, mm-hmm. future in the NFL, all that. You know, two people died in this car crash, a 24-year-old and a 20-year-old. Um, and I think for the most part, people have been uh, really understanding about keeping all of this in perspective. Just It's, it's a very unfortunate situation, and, and it's one we're going to continue to follow to see what happens next with Taylor. Jordan, I mean, considering just the tragic circumstances of the accident and everything surrounding it how has the news of today kind of landed how has it hit the the georgia fan base you know i think it's one where a lot of people are trying to process it and and trying to make sure that um, no one jumps to conclusions i think everybody's sort of wanting to understand everything that happened and you know it's one of those situations where you know a lot of the people around this program they didn't specifically know chandler and they didn't know Devin, but they know people their age and, and they can understand um, what it would be like to, to lose people like that. So um, I think there is a little bit of frustration from some people with the timing, uh, just because, like we said, they were, you know, Jalen was in Indianapolis uh, getting ready uh, for the combine, but that's sort of how situations like this work. I mean, it was a, a thorough investigation by the local police department. You know, I think they wanted to make sure they had everything in line before. Uh, any further developments or any releases were put out. Uh, so, you know, it's it's definitely a very tough situation all the way around. You know, people were really excited about Jalen, and we'll see, obviously, what happens uh, when it comes to his football career. And, and uh, um, But also understanding that this is kind of a, you know, this is a situation that's more important than football. And, uh, mm-hmm. again, you know, the, the earlier this week, I think it was actually yesterday, would have been Devin's 21st birthday. So, um, you know, a lot of people keeping in keep in perspective um, with what had happened and uh, and trying to kind of go about talking about situations like this in the right manner. Jordan, given the uh, other circumstances and situations that have happened uh, recently around the SEC when it comes to the Brandon Miller situation in Tuscaloosa, with this news coming out just a couple of hours ago, it's been – very easy for a lot of people to compare the two situations. They are obviously completely different with different schools, different people involved, uh, both tragic events, but it's been easy for people to make that comparison on how Alabama has, a lot of people have said, poorly handled that situation. What will the response be from Georgia, the school, and the athletic department, given that Jalen Carter really isn't a part of this program as he moves on to the NFL Combine? You know, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Kirby Smart put out a statement uh, earlier today, uh, and, you know, I'll I'll scroll through it just real quick just to make sure I kind of get the the feel of it. You know, he said, the charges are deeply concerning, especially as we struggle to cope with the devastating loss, obviously talking about Devin and 
Chandler. Um, and, and it is going to be really interesting. You know, when we had a chance to talk to Josh Brooks, Shorter's athletic director, a few weeks ago um, a- after a athletic association meeting. And, um, you know, there wasn't a ton that Josh had to say. You know, he was asked a little bit about the situation regarding the car that Chandler LaCroy was driving. It was a car leased through UG Athletics that the purpose was only for recruiting. Um, but this accident happened at 2 a.m., and, and Josh told reporters, you know, that the vehicle should have been turned in uh, well before that because obviously she was not participating in that kind of activity at that point. Um, so the biggest thing to me, I want to see coming out of this um, how open Georgia is with any protocol that's been changed, uh, you know, regarding you know, use of vehicles like that, and um, if we see those kind of changes within the program. And again, you know, we, we won't know how much of that they're going to share. Um, but to me, that that's sort of the biggest question for me going forward is uh, what are the stop gaps? What are the things that they put in place to make sure there's not a situation where, again, this vehicle should not have been on the road at 2.30, 2.45 in the morning. Um, and maybe had it not been, we wouldn't be in the situation today. Jordan, I don't know how many um, of Jalen Carter's former teammates have uh, been interviewed at the NFL Combine, but... How have some of his teammates, I guess, responded to the news of today and everything um, surrounding the, the, the accident? You know, I haven't seen a ton so far. I've seen a few players share Jalen's statement just on social media. Nolan Smith did talk about Jalen this morning, but I think it's very important, and, and I've seen it shared a couple times and, and not with full context, that Nolan spoke before these uh, charges were out there. So, you know, I, I hope nobody kind of twists that, but um, you know, the the talk about Jalen as a teammate has always been positive. Um, you know, I know people have gone back to what Todd McShay had said and, and tried to validate mm. that. And, you know, those comments were made in December, so it was before all of this happened. So I don't think that's very fair to try to go back and sort of revisionist history with that. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's a situation, and, and we'll probably learn more going forward. Um but the, the context when it had been when it came to Jalen was that he was a really good teammate and everybody had good things to say about him. And that's not to say that people like Jalen can't make really, really poor decisions. And just from what we know at this point, I think that's what you can say this was. And unfortunately, uh, you know, a couple people in the situation making very poor decisions uh, led to the loss of uh, life for two different people. Speaking with Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line with the uh, emerging news of Jalen Carter having uh, a couple of charges against him, a couple of misdemeanors uh, with his involvement in in surrounding the uh, car crash that killed two in Athens. Given, uh, again, just given everything with this story, you started off the conversation here talking about how this is not about football. This is not about his draft stock. This is about people that were uh, taken, their lives were taken. And it's trying to figure out whose involvement and, and who is to blame really in this situation. But given that it is a sports athlete, a very high rated athlete in the NFL draft and the NFL combine, have you seen anything yet from NFL executives or NFL uh, people about his involvement and about these charges today? Because even though this is a very important situation when it comes to life and death, those are still conversations that are had giving his football future. 
Yeah, I haven't seen anything really definitively yet. I think it's probably going to be a developing story. I mean, you, you think about the draft, and we're still over a month away. So, you know, this is kind of a situation where NFL personnel can continue gathering information. You know, there's not necessarily a need uh, on Wednesday afternoon to say, okay, you know, we are locked in with this opinion on this situation. You know, it's going to be something I think that um, NFL personnel, NFL brass are going to continue to gather more information on. And I mean, it is going to be something to watch is how this affects Jalen. You know, a lot of people thought there was a, a real possibility that he could be the number one player drafted. Um, and there was thought even before all of this happened, well, maybe that doesn't happen because maybe a team like Chicago trades that pick and maybe mm-hmm. a little bit uh, later after that. But, yeah, I think it's just too soon to say quite yet what this will do. I mean, I don't think people are just going to you know, not consider this at all because this is a, obviously a very important situation, not only from the legality standpoint, but also – and I, I wrote about this in a column today. You know, people like Jalen, people who are directly involved with this, this is something that they got to live with with the rest of their lives. And you know, I don't think you can kind of downplay that piece of the puzzle. Um, so, so I, you know, I, I think it's too soon to say what NFL teams are going to make of this. And well, we're going to move him here to here on our board or anything like that. Um, but I'm sure we're going to learn more in the in the weeks and and uh, months to come. I would just how the NFL teams are going to be looking at Jalen Jordan Hill of Docs Two Four Seven. We know it's uh, we know it's a busy time for you, and this is a an ongoing situation with news that will uh, continue to come out about this. Man, we appreciate you hopping on and talking about it. Uh, it's never easy talking about these sorts of situations where uh, young lives were taken, and and, and unfortunately uh, around the SEC and around the country right now, well, this is not the only one that's happening. So we appreciate you uh, and your time to talk about such a such a tough conversation. Let everybody know where they can keep up with you and everything you've got going with. Dogs. Dogs247. For sure. Dogs247.com on Twitter at Jordan Davis Hill and also at Dogs247. Jordan, thank you so much for your time. We'll talk to you next week, okay? All right. Sounds great, guys. That is Jordan Hill of Dogs247 hopping on again. He joins us every Wednesday at 2.30 here on the show talking all things Georgia athletics. But today, uh, focused on the uh, Jalen Carter news that he uh, has been charged with a couple of misdemeanors. He's on his way back from the combine from Indianapolis to Athens to uh, to take care of those. And if you saw his statement from today, he's basically said, waiting for the truth to come out. And so we'll see what that looks like. But again, Big thanks to Jordan Hill hopping on and talking about it uh, with us here on the show. We'll take our final break, come back, and wrap up our number one. If you want to call in, give us a call, 334-321-1390. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Back inside the studio as we wrap up our number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Big thank you to Jordan Hill of Dogs247 hopping on the show and talking uh, some Georgia athletics, Georgia news uh, with Jalen Carter and all of that information and situation. So we appreciate him hopping on and again talking about uh, a tough subject. But as we wrap up this first hour, uh, Carter, did you see today that six Auburn Tigers were invited to the NFL Combine that is going to be taken place in Indianapolis uh, starting tomorrow uh, and through the weekend. You had six Tigers going to the NFL Combine. Yeah, um, and obviously an exciting time for them, a chance to uh, show 
what they can do athletically. I mean, Derek Hall's already met with the media in some capacity, and we know Owen Papo has as well. I think those are two guys that are going to test extremely well because they are um, physical, like, specimen. I mean, you have Owen Papo, whose nickname is literally The Freak because of his athleticism. Uh, I think he's going to run extremely well. I think he'll he'll jump well. He'll show great athleticism. I think he'll he'll probably post a pretty good number on uh, bench press and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the same thing for for Derek Hall. I think he's a great athlete. I mean, you're talking about a guy who was uh, pretty sure a multi time state champion wrestler in the state of Mississippi. Which you know you've you've got to have like I mean that's just something extra on the resume yeah. for um, these teams to love and if he tests well I think you'll you'll see him potentially be a first round pick. Uh, I am curious about guys like Ekuliota, um, how they're gonna look out there. Um, Tank Bigsby, I mean, if Tank runs well, I think that helps him a lot. I mean, I think if he, if he if he runs well, I think that that'll be um great for him well I think he is a guy that going to the combine and going to the draft he needs a good combine because look his last little stint at Auburn his last year at Auburn there's not a ton of just great film on him there mm-hmm. the good film is great don't get me wrong but he doesn't have just a full season of of a stacked film room because of everything that happened around him a poor offensive line poor coaching all of that I mean he he look we've talked about how his career at Auburn was nothing compared to what it could have been and the potential NFL guys they know what they're looking for and they know what he can be but he could use a good combine as well to kind of boost that a little bit but a really important question that always comes up around this time how important and how much should you buy in to what happens at the NFL combine I think that it becomes a conversation about like I think you have to marry the raw like athleticism metrics that you're going to get from the combine uh, with the film on these players. Uh, like like if Tank goes and runs a really good forty, I think that would do him a lot of good. Uh, Kobe Wooden, a guy who kind of is that. DN D tackle tweener like a really big D end uh or a really small defensive tackle if he goes out there and posts really good like numbers for his size that could do a lot of good for him mm-hmm. to be like hey I maybe I'm a little bit more athletic than you thought I was um and I think for guys like Owen Papo that maybe haven't had the greatest final season of college football, if he goes and just blows it out of the water testing, I think that does a lot of good for you because then they're like, okay, well, at least they're maybe it was some sort of scheme issue or something like that. Uh, once you dig through it, maybe there's more to this guy than what we see on film and if we put him in the right situation, he can really thrive. I think that's another aspect. Of yeah, it. yeah. And, and, you know, you've seen both ends of the spectrum where you've seen a guy who comes into the NFL combine and 
just absolutely pops off, right? Just has unbelievable numbers when it comes to his vertical, his 40-yard dash, his bench press, everything that there is, the shuttle, everything there is, you have that guy that comes in, just puts up historic numbers, and then turns out to not be all that in the NFL. On the other end, you have guys that come in, they look very unathletic, they don't post very high numbers, and one of them, probably the most historic one, has turned into the greatest player of all time in Tom Brady. And so you can look at the combine as it's important, it is, but you can't take it for everything. But here's what's important to remember. These NFL scouts and these NFL execs and these NFL representatives They've been doing this for a long time, and they know exactly what they're looking for. They know what's important, what's not important. They know how to pair certain stats and pair certain performances. They know what they're talking about, and they know what they're looking for. And so just because somebody goes in and has a great combine doesn't mean they're going to be a Hall of Famer, and just because they have a poor combine doesn't mean that they're not going to get drafted. But it is important, and I think Auburn, these six guys have a chance to really boost their their draft stock and their resume before the NFL draft comes up next month. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's you've seen. I feel like Derek Hall's draft stock is all over the map. Like I've seen him. Yeah, in, it, it in the really back, is. In the first rounds, I've seen him in the third round. Uh, Owen Papo, kind of same way. I mean, he's not a first round guy, uh, but I've seen him like. I think I think I've seen him anywhere from like back end of a second round, early third round to like the sixth sixth round. round. Yeah, um, Colby Wooden, I would say, might have um, a little bit. I think more stable draft stock. I think he'll be a day two guy, just because of I, I don't know. And this is totally speculation on my part. I think that his his skill set and his film is probably kind of a back end of the second round, early third round kind of guy. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and I don't think you're going to see as wild of a back and forth on him. Tank Bigsby, your guess is as good as mine. Could go anywhere. I think Literally could go, could go anywhere. I mean, I think he could go second round. I think he could go fifth round. And I we've mean, talked about how his, his NFL time is probably – He's going to have a limited window, not just because of him, but the running back position has a very limited window in the NFL. Like You don't have a long, tenuous career in the NFL as a running back. You have six, seven years, eight if you're really, really good and fortunate to stay healthy. So we'll see what happens. Six Auburn Tigers going to the NFL Combine, trying to get drafted and play in the NFL. We're out of time, hour number one. Stay tuned. Lots of college basketball talk coming up at hour number two. on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. 
You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're all doing well on this Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. With it being March, that means college basketball, the best month of the season, is here. We're down the stretch here on the regular season. You've got conference championships next week and then the NCAA tournament the following week. So getting into the heart of it, it's exciting, and we're going to talk so much about it here on the second hour of today's show. If you missed any of our number one, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast. You can find it at ESPNAU.com. Click on the podcast center and you can find it commercial free right there, right after the show. And of course, Auburn on the road tonight at Alabama. We'll talk about how that plays into bracketology because one team is searching for the number one overall seed. The other team is fighting and clawing possibly to get into the NCAA tournament and we'll talk about that we'll look at some of the games from last night there were some big results around college basketball look at some of the games coming up tonight there's some big ones tonight and tomorrow as well and talk about what Auburn has to do to take down Alabama on the road in Tuscaloosa tonight phone lines are open all of our number two give us a call we'd love to hear from you 334-321-1390 how do you feel about Auburn's tournament hopes right now how do you feel about Auburn going on the road tonight in Tuscaloosa to take on the number two team in the country, Alabama. Give us a call, 334-321-1390. And Carter, we'll start with the games that happened last night, the scores, the stories, because there's a lot that happened on Tuesday night in college basketball. Yes, some good, some bad for Auburn when you look at the bubble and uh, the, the situation that could play out if Auburn were to... Uh, lose these final two games you start with that Texas Tech at Kansas game Texas Tech I guess is a team that if they caught absolute fire could play their way into the tournament Um, they lost which is big for they were the last team in the next four out uh, according to Joe Lenardi uh, which them losing to Kansas for a second there, they looked like they were they had the ball down two with about a minute and a half left. And Got scary there for a minute. It did. And having Kansas pull that one out was huge for um, Auburn. It helped Auburn. I won't say it's huge because it helped, Texas Tech sure. was far, far enough away that you could at least somewhat rationalize, like, okay, maybe they were not actually going to be there at uh at the end with a win like they would have had to win multiple games and then win multiple games in the Big 12 tournament to I think get into that conversation but I think a loss makes it really difficult for them uh in that one Clemson uh went to Virginia a Virginia team that's kind of struggling recently Virginia hung on for to a 64-57 win what a boring that's- game what a boring score God, I hate just I, I hate the brand of basketball. I hate it. I can't stand it. It works. I get it, but it just it makes me so mad because it's so boring. There's a real scenario. Auburn plays a game on Saturday. Oh, I know. It, a we must win scenario against a team that where there were forty nine total points. We've seen Auburn play these games. We've scored. seen Auburn in these games, and I absolutely hate it. But that's just <laughs> because Auburn can't score. That's not because of, of the style of basketball. That's just Auburn can't score. Yeah, but when you look at that one, that is um, a 
a game where Clemson's a team that's been right there. They were in that first four out uh, to weaken that bubble. Auburn needed them to lose, and they went out and did just that. But then the one that strengthens the case for a bubble team out there um, that's not ideal is Boise State hosted number 18, San Diego State. I saw a lot of people calling this an upset. Uh, Boise State was a two-and-a-half-point favorite, uh, but they won that game by six. Upset based off the rankings. San Diego State had a chance late and had some really bad possessions. I watched the finish of that game. Um, And, you know, that one is a team that is, according to Lenardi, just two spots behind Auburn in the bracketology. They are the second team in the last four in right behind Mississippi State who did win last night by the way and it was scary against South Carolina scarier than it should have been yep um so you got to think that both of those teams state may not get much of a bump for beating South Carolina but Boise State beating San Diego State I could see in the next update for Joe Lenardi them leapfrog Auburn and Auburn bumped down into the last four in and guess what that win for Boise State against a number 18 San Diego State is borderline a better win than Auburn has on its entire resume. Yeah, um, I think it's, I mean, I think when you look at, if you ignore the AP poll, because the AP poll doesn't mean a lot to me, um, and you focus just on net rankings, it's right there with Auburn's Arkansas win, which I know there's caveats about Auburn's Arkansas win, but yeah, I mean, it, there's certainly an argument there. And there so, certainly is. Yeah, and that and where I'm where I'm going with that is Boise State down the stretch, a bubble team on the NCAA tournament who needed a signature win to try and strengthen their resume and secure a spot in the tournament. They went and got it, and Auburn has yet to do that. Now, they have a chance tonight on the road at Alabama, and they have a chance at home on Saturday against Tennessee, but bubble teams that make it to the tournament go out and get wins like Boise State did last night, it was so a credit huge, to them. huge quad one win for them. That gives Boise State three quad one wins on the year. They're 3-3 three and three in quad one, 7-2 and two in quad two. That's a great record there. Yep. What may hurt them, which will be an interesting discussion, is they have two quad three losses. Auburn has one, uh, and we've also seen Boise State has played six quad four games to Auburn's three. Neither has a loss in quad four, but I do think that if you go out and play a bunch of quad four games, they do hold it against you. Yeah. I think when you look at like, for instance, a Northwestern team that played eight quad four games. They don't have any bad losses, but when you look at their net rankings, they're not all that high, and I think that's because of the eight quad four games. Mm-hmm. And that's all of these things matter coming down the stretch here as we get closer to Selection Sunday coming up in a week and a half because all of these things matter and that's what we're talking about right now looking at some of the results from last night in college basketball that affect the NCAA bracket of the bubble right now because that's where Auburn sits and so Auburn needs first of all Auburn needs a win like that's what Auburn needs is a win but outside of their control there are certain teams that need to win and lose to help Auburn get to the NCAA tournament in case they don't get that win which I don't think they will would you I just found this I find this very fascinating would you believe me if I told you the 
WCC has two teams in the top nine of the net rankings right now. Really? St. Mary's St. is Mary's, seven, yeah. and Gonzaga is nine. How about that? It's interesting. Uh, it's not like crazy, but it is at the same time because of just what the WCC is and the lack of competition there is in that conference. I will say it's slightly better this year than it has been in the past. They at least have four or five teams that are competitive uh, where well, they, we've seen in have, the past where it's been have, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and then a bunch of high school teams. I mean, if disaster strikes in that conference and neither of the two favorites, St. Mary's and Gonzaga, wins the championship, both of those teams are getting in on an at-large bid. So yes. that could become a three-team league. I don't think that's going to happen because have you ever looked at the WCC conference? Oh yeah, conference tournament. The way it's it's. I tweeted about it the other day. It's ridiculous. It's it hilarious. is dumb. Gonzaga so and St. Mary's automatically make it to the semifinals. They don't play until the semifinals. You have to win two games to win your conference tournament. I gotta, I gotta Tell find, me how dumb that is. I gotta find the, the, the picture of it. because it's. I retweeted it a couple days ago, and I said, this is a joke. Because it is a joke. And the fact that you play, Here A, you play in a conference that has borderline high school squads so in it. There, and you there play are teams in this conference. And... <laughs> Portland, San Diego, Pacific, and Pepperdine would have to win five games to win the conference championship. St. Mary and St. Mary's and Gonzaga would have to win two. It's ridiculous. I love that. That's just, I, I, I it's hate so it. It's so funny looking. It's just dumb. <laughs> like it's just it doesn't make any sense. Like give make it fair. That's not balanced so at all. So would you prefer? The nine and ten seed play a play-in game, or the, I guess it'd be the the bottom four would have to play a play-in game into the top eight, and then like the the top six get a bye, and the bottom four play to then like your your nine or your I guess your eight or your seven ten would play. For the right mm. to play the two, yeah, uh, and your eight nine would play for the right to play the one, something like the, that. In the first of in the first full round, I'm trying to picture it in my head on how this would, would look. Be, I need to be sit a down. Modified weird version of like the SEC Big Ten tournament where they yeah. have like you have a buy. Um, it would look honestly more like the SEC baseball tournament where a bunch of teams get a buy. And then the the teams in the very bottom have to play into the rest of the rest. I'm of the okay round. with that. That's better than Gonzaga making it to the semifinals without having to play a single game. You know like, why they do this, right? Well, I mean, yeah, to, but it to protect a a second team or to to protect a Gonzaga team from losing in like the first round and potentially losing an at large. Well, uh, play bid. good, win. Don't be terrible. Don't lose to bad teams like. Sorry, if you played in a better conference and you played better teams in the regular season, you wouldn't have to worry about it, Gonzaga. That's why you haven't won a national championship. I think it's dumb. I hate it, but that is what it is in the in the WCC. Looking at other games from last night, because there's a lot of storylines to get to here that all impact Auburn. Well, most of them impact Auburn anyway. You look at the Big Ten. How about Iowa going on the road to number 15, Indiana, and from start to finish, Iowa took them down 90-68. to 68. I know that's a big game out of the Big Ten. We know what Iowa has done uh, as of late, so that was a big result. 
Texas A&M, now in the top 25, went on the road and got it done against Ole Miss. Didn't look pretty early. Ole Miss was on fire from deep. They cooled down, and A&M takes care of business. They did cover. Back door. They did cover. And then the big one in the SEC. This was a result that, given going into the game, this was not the result we thought was going to happen. And then given the circumstances that played out. About five minutes into the game, this is not what we thought would have happened. Number 12, Tennessee, hosting Arkansas. We both liked Arkansas yesterday, my friend. We both said Arkansas. I I thought they were playing really good ball, and I thought they were the type of team that could go give Tennessee trouble. And it turns out that's not the case. Turns out that's not the case. Number Even 12 without Zakai Ziegler. Yeah. Number 12, Tennessee defeats Arkansas 75 to 57 after starting point guard Zakai Ziegler goes down in the first half, about five minutes into the game. And it's it was an ugly scene in Thompson Bowling Arena where it was a play on one end of the floor. Zakai Ziegler turned to run down the other end. He slipped. He hit the floor. Nobody around him. And he hit the floor grabbing his knee. And it was one of those non-contact injuries that as soon as it happened, everybody knew. Everybody knew what happened. The arena went silent. And I mean absolutely silent. The Probably the quietest I've heard an arena watching a game. Obviously wasn't there, but on TV... I mean, you could tell that the commentators felt awkward talking during that time because it was so quiet in that arena. And it was one of those non-contact injuries where you know it's going to be bad when nobody touched him, nobody was near him. He turned, he went to go up court, and he did something to his knee and he fell. And it came out today that he tore his ACL. And so uh, Zakai Ziegler is out for Tennessee. He's a big piece to that program, a big piece to that team. How would it affect them? We don't know what it's going to look like over the next few games, but Tennessee took care of business last night, 75-57 over Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, that's an impressive win for Tennessee, especially given the circumstances of losing arguably your best player uh, and your most important player. And it'll be really fascinating to see how does that injury affect that Tennessee team on Saturday? How does that injury affect... A, an NCAA tournament committee's view of this Tennessee team. Do you see them drop a seed line as a result of not having one of the best point guards in the SEC? I don't think they will. I just don't think, think they will. I think they probably will. I'll be honest with you. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think back over history of when something like this has happened where a team suffers a big injury right here at the end of the regular season or in their conference tournament, and then if it affects their seed line. If I'm wrong, tell me. I don't remember a time where it has affected a team massively on Selection Sunday or seen them get bumped down. I think they normally let it play out and still give them the seed line because of what they've done throughout the year. I think that's the way it should be. I understand if they do get dropped because they are not what they were when they got those wins, but they still did their job and they still have the resume. I don't think Tennessee should be punished for Zakai Ziegler being hurt and not participating now. I still think as long as they handle business, they should still be at that three line and then let it play out from there, which it's going to affect them in the tournament. We don't think Tennessee is all that great anyway, but this is going to hurt them big time. I think they're a round of 32 team. 
I mean, I thought before the injury, I thought they were a Sweet 16 team, and that yeah. was about the ceiling. Now, I don't. I really don't. I don't. I mean, you look at Andy Katz, where he has them seated right now. This Tennessee team runs against that Maryland team in round two because they're three C. The six C that they'd be paired with would be Maryland. Maryland's a better team than Tennessee is. Tennessee's defense will keep them in every game they play. We've seen that. Um, I'm interested to see what they look like. How about them you, playing Auburn on Saturday? If you look at well, yeah, I mean, I think mean, about it, that. It's going to affect the game on Saturday. It certainly is. Uh, I mean, you look at CBS because they've updated theirs as well this morning. The six and eleven seeds that they're paired with, TCU and Rutgers. I think both of those teams can give uh, can give Tennessee a lot of trouble. Yeah, Rutgers is something stupid, like eighteen and one when they hold teams below uh, sixty five, which that's where Tennessee plays games. That's exactly where Tennessee plays games, and that means Rutgers is comfortable playing in that zone as well. So, yeah, big news uh, last night coming out of Knoxville. Tennessee gets a commanding win over Arkansas, but. At, uh, at what cost, I think, is what they're going to be asking themselves as they get ready to come to Auburn on Saturday. If Auburn can't handle business tonight in Tuscaloosa, then they've got an opportunity to take down a Tennessee team who will be down one of their, if not the best player, in Zakai Ziegler. And Auburn has an opportunity. You've got to take advantage of it. But you've got a game to play tonight. We'll talk. What's up? Have you seen this situation that just played out in the Kentucky-Florida w- yes, basketball like game? Yes, eight, eight girls got ejected. Yeah, because like one girl just turns and fires a ball at the back of the head of a Kentucky player. Yeah, and then like they go at it. I think, like what, what is that right? Earth? Eight girls got ejected in that game? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, watch that video. It's insane. I watched it during one of the breaks. Uh, like I think back in the first hour, I watched it during the break, and it's, it's wild. They just, they do. A girl throws a ball, and then everybody just starts going at each other and eight of them got ejected because the sec women's tournament going on right now the sec women's basketball tournament how is how is kentucky women's basketball it's, last in the sec yeah they're the worst in the sec the worst also in the how SEC. do you do that when you're beating a team like well no well no 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 i guess it's the, it's the florida girl that, that throws the ball at the kentucky girl i mean i don't know that's crazy <laughs> That just came across your timeline, didn't it? Yes, I happened. I was looking at Andy Katz's thing, and I updated my Twitter, and it was the first thing that popped up. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Has the SEC uh, women's basketball tournament going on this week? Of course, the men's tournament will be next week in Nashville. But uh, we've gone long again. We got to get to our first break here in hour number two. We'd love to hear from you. The results from last night in college basketball. We'll look at the games coming up tonight in college basketball, and again, how all of this impacts Auburn. How it affects Auburn given the last two games of the season as they try and fight their way into the NCAA tournament. Give us a call, 334-321-1390. We'll talk more about it on the other side. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back inside the studio after a quick break here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader, continuing to look at college basketball scores and results uh, from last night, looking towards some games tonight. Uh, Auburn, uh, of course, on the road at Alabama tonight in Coleman Coliseum. You've got a ranked matchup in the Big East. You have a another big game in the Big Ten with that number 21 Maryland squad. Can, Only a one-point favorite in that game against an Ohio State team. Did. Do you like that? Is that fishy to you? 
This Ohio State team has gotten so much respect and for being four and fourteen in conference play. Well, they did just beat Illinois. So they beat Illinois at home. Before that, they had lost nine in a row and what, fourteen of their last fifteen before that Illinois game? Yeah, but still they they're still only one point underdogs tonight. Maryland only a, a point favorite against Ohio, Ohio State, State. Ohio State is a talented team. Um, they can give you trouble. I frankly, I don't know why they've been as bad as they've been. Because I remember when they beat Northwestern the first time, the conversation was this Ohio State team is healthy. They might be able to challenge for a Big Ten regular season. Yeah, I remember and that. Since then, since that win. Uh, which was their second in Big Ten play. They have gone two and fourteen. Jeez, oh, that is horrible. Twelve and seventeen overall, four and fourteen in Big Ten play. Ohio State hosting number twenty-one Maryland tonight. Vanderbilt on the road at number twenty-three Kentucky. This game very, very important when it comes to the SEC seating. tournament mm-hmm. seating for next week. Both Vanderbilt's of these teams trying to get top point four. Dog feels a little big to me. Considering the way that they've played over the last month and a half, I know they had a weird game against LSU where they lost when they absolutely should not have. Uh, but maybe this is going off of how Kentucky's played as of late as well. I, I think it is, but I think at the same time, you got to keep in mind that, uh, I mean, I think if if Liam Robbins dominates Sheboy, you're going to have a chance to win this game. Uh, I mean, Sheboy could have a great game as well, and then it could be moot because I think Kentucky just has more talent and athleticism elsewhere. I mean, when we watched Auburn play Vanderbilt, and I watched that Vanderbilt team, Liam Robbins is about the only player that really jumped off the the page to me and looked looked like a difference maker. And so he has to go dominate his matchup in this one. I think he can. Um, I don't know if he will. And that's, I think, but 10 points feels like a lot in that game. Still, still, I mean, that feels disrespectful to what Vanderbilt has done in conference play this year. And did you see the news about Severe Wheeler from Kentucky as well? He went, he underwent surgery and he's out tonight. He's out for senior night. He's been out for a long time. Right. Well, he's been out, but I'm saying he continues to be out because he underwent surgery. Like he, yeah, he hasn't played for a while, but he's officially out. He went, uh, underwent surgery uh, for some medical procedure. When they reshuffled their rotations when he went out, Kentucky started to play better ball. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how much of a loss. Like, I mean, I hope he gets better. Uh, I hope he gets better from surgery and everything. But I still think Severe Wheeler was one of the more overrated point guards in the SEC and the country, um, having watched him there for the past, what, two years? Yeah. I just I have never thought he's that special. Vanderbilt at Kentucky tonight. You look at uh, the ACC, number 25 Pitt on the road at Notre Dame. Man, the ACC's bad. I mean, they are really, really bad. Notre Dame 2-16 and 16 in the ACC. Uh, shouldn't, but again, Pitt only a three-and-a-half-point favorite. So These these lines are tight for, for these games. I mean, even you look at the one below that in, mm-hmm. in the top 25, you've got a number 11 Kansas, team, or Kansas State team that's 22 and 7 taking on an Oklahoma team that's 14 and 15 and they're only a seven and a half point favorite in that game. Yeah. That's that's a team that's 
ten and six going against the last in the Big Twelve going against the last place team in that conference. That's a Kansas State team that's fighting for a potential two seed, I guess. Yeah, and you got to think though, Oklahoma State coming off a top twenty five win over Iowa State on Saturday. So th- this a conference is. It's brutal, man. It is a grind every single week, every single game, day in, day out in the Big 12. And speaking of that, how about another top 25 matchup in the Big 12 tonight, 8 o'clock on ESPN2, number nine, Texas Longhorns on the road at number 22, TCU. I'm excited Horn about Frogs that game. favored by three. Should be a fantastic I'm game. I'm excited about that game. I think that's a really fun one. Um, and I, if... If TCU wins, does that give Kansas the 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 outright Big Twelve championship? Is it is it that kind of a situation taking place? I think it's already happened. So they they have clinched a share. TCU has. Uh Texas has. Texas has. Or, okay. No, no, no. Kansas has. Sorry. Okay. Kansas has clinched at least a share. I think. I, I think, think that's right. I think I that's think right. If Texas loses, then they get it outright. Have you seen the number of how many times Bill Self has won the Big Twelve since he's been at Kansas? It's like 14 out of the last 20 that he's won outright at Kansas or something like that. I don't I forget the exact well, if you number. Look at it. Hang on. Let's let's see. I'm sure I can find it. It's a um, ridiculous number. Like it's insane. The dominance that Kansas has had in the Big 12 since Bill Self got there. Like it's unbelievable. If you can find the number, I'd it'd be awesome because it is it's the most dominant thing we've seen in college basketball in a really long time. Also, another fun fact while you're looking that up, John Shire, first-year head coach at Duke, just secured an undefeated regular season home record at Duke, the first ACC coach to do that in his first year ever. Isn't and that impressive? Get, I think they get UNC this weekend. Uh, they're on the road. They're on the they're, road. They're yeah. in Chapel Hill yeah. for that one. They played their last game inside Cameron Indoor this year. Went undefeated in year one at home for Duke All in right. a struggle of a year. So he's won from 05 to, it looks like, 18. He won every regular season Big 12 championship. And then he won in 20, 22, and 23. Conference tournament's been a little spottier. Uh, 06 to 08, then 10 to 10 and 11, 13, 16, 18, and 22. But I've talked about this. Regular season titles mean more to me than conference tournament titles. And they should mean more as well. Those should be the automatic bids for the NCAA tournament, not winning a three-day tournament somewhere. No, uh, I, just, I mean, I agree with you. I, th- I, think, that's, I think that's fair. And that but shows his dominance right there, Bill Self. Unbelievable I head Yes, the argument is, well, if you make a run through your tournament and you're the hottest team in your league, like you can get out to this massive lead in the conference and then kind of just – collapse and still win the the regular season i guess yeah but just because you get hot in three days doesn't mean you're the best team and you deserve a spot over somebody else who had a better regular season that's the way i look at it but when we come back we'll talk auburn and alabama what does auburn have to do to pull off a massive upset in tuscaloosa Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 
30 more minutes here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Auburn on the road tonight at Alabama, the number two team in the country. Uh, been the focal point of conversation in the sports world the last week or so. And they have... Seemingly on the court, not let it affect them a whole lot. They have taken care of business. They beat Arkansas over the weekend, and then now they have Auburn coming to town. And coming into the year, we were hoping that this would be a more competitive matchup. The game inside Neville Arena was good. The game inside Neville Arena, Auburn had a chance to win. Borderline should have won. If they could have finished that game out, they won the first 34 minutes of it. They just couldn't finish the last six minutes of it. And lots of Auburn fans seem to be worried about tonight's game. And if you're one of those, we'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Or are you confident about tonight's game? Or just how do you feel? We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Alabama favored by 10 total is uh as of right now i've got it at 154 and a half which is a high total for an auburn game but alabama likes to score and auburn can't a lot of times so carter just what does auburn have to do tonight man what what's got to happen for auburn to hang in this game and try to pull an upset and get that much needed ncaa tournament resume win Okay, well, let's start with the fact that I think you got to hold this Alabama team below 65. I think you start there. I think in order to do that, um, you got to hold Brandon Miller to below 20, which you did in the first time, but you spent so much time worrying about Brandon Miller that you failed to protect your rim. And I think they were what? What's the stat? They were like 21 oh, of 24 at the it rim. It was horrible. And the guards, oh, were, it was the horrible. guards shot like 87% from, from the field in the game. And they did all the damage. And it yes. was wide open lanes. It was like a shoot around before the game started. So I would, I'm looking for Auburn to get that corrected, protect their rim better, um, figure out a way to. Uh, make it more difficult on these Alabama guards. And if they do that, <laughs> I'm still of the opinion you got to get, uh, I think I said this about Auburn playing in Rupp. I think you need 55 points combined from Wendell Green, Jani Broom, and Jalen Williams. Yeah. It's going to be tough, though. I mean, you basically... I think I think you need that to feel comfortable that you're going to score enough points to to um, be there at the very end and potentially get a win. So you basically have to have those three guys average 18.3 points between the three of them. Mm, that's a tall task, I think. I think it's a tall task, but we'll get to this conversation in just a second. We're going to get to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. And Jack, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey, man, where are you? Hey, good to hear from uh, you. Maybe y'all can help me with something. Maybe I'm looking at this thing the wrong way, possibly even to a to an unhealthy degree. But Okay. You know, the game the game tonight between over Alabama. Yep. I just I just can't stomach seeing Brandon Miller out there. You know, it's it's one of those things where in going back to the incident with the gun and everything and had he not Provide you know brought the gun to the 
to the be alive. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. You know, if somebody sends you a text at one thirty in the morning saying, Bring me my gun, you gotta you gotta have the you know, the perception to say, Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait a minute, what's going on? You know, yeah. Maybe this is not maybe this is not a good idea. Yeah. I mean, and, outside a bar, uh, where you know the person's been drinking and in the text they give you some sort of indication that there's some sort of dispute where there was a threat made. Uh, I mean, I'm with you. I agree. I mean, you know, and I, I don't, we don't know all the, all the details and everything, you know, but it just, just from my perspective, it just doesn't look good. And just seeing, just seeing him, I just don't think he should be playing. And it's going to be hard for me to, it's, it's, it's been hard for me to watch. Uh, You know, I do watch Alabama because they're, you know, they're the top team in the country. So I like to see, see if they stay in that number one, number two seed, you know, just to kind of see where the chips fall and just kind of follow them. But just here lately with him being out there after everything's been revealed here lately, it's just been hard for me to watch it. And especially the other day when, you know, he did his little pat down move. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that was bad. I'll give you that, that, and they know it. And, and that's the, the and problem. The explanation wasn't any better from NATO. It's right. He got on a mic that, either. That's the problem is they know it was bad, but yet, I just don't think they they don't care enough. Is what it comes off as to me. Is is how it comes off to me. And I, I'm with you. It's it's hard to watch that he is playing, but uh, he, he will be there tonight. I, I promise you that he'll play tonight. And yeah, he'll, he'll he'll be out there. Yeah, he'll be out there, and and he'll probably have a pretty good game. And the Alabama fans are going to support their guy. And and credit to them for doing that, I guess. But I, I I'm in the boat that I just don't think it's the right decision for him to be playing, but the situation has not been handled by Alabama very well. And so it's not super surprising. Yeah. Well, I just, and you can't help but think if it was any other, like maybe a, a bench player that doesn't get a lot of minutes or, or something like that, or, uh, you know, a player to a less athletic degree or whatever. Right. Yeah. Would he be player? Would it be on the team? Yeah. But it's a very fair question. Bell, a top scorer. He's the top scorer in every category, scoring, rebounds, assists, whatever. But I don't know, you know. But uh, no, I get it. I I absolutely get it. I I do. I get it. And and does it does it hurt more? And is it harder to watch because um, uh, being here in Auburn? Sure. And the fact that it's that it's Auburn and Alabama tonight, absolutely. But again, like we've tried to, like we have tried to to express. It doesn't matter that it's Alabama. It doesn't. They they play that card, and does it matter from a national perspective because it's Alabama? Sure, a little bit, but from our perspective, we're not going in on it because it's Alabama. It's just not a good situation where I just don't think the young man should be playing right now. Yeah, and, you know, it, it is what it is, but uh, just putting all that aside, uh, going to the – to the game, and um, I, you know, I, I'm diehard Auburn. I just don't see Auburn win this. Like I said, it's going to be hard to watch this game. <laughs> just them being in Alabama, and uh, and they they seem to, like you guys mentioned earlier, have have not really missed a beat since all this came out. It actually they've actually been playing better since uh, since this revelation was made about uh, Brandon Miller. You know, mm-hmm. just the, the the day or the day or two after, I don't remember he had. The best game of his career. I think he put up 41 points. So, uh, you know, they've just been playing on a different level right now. And I think they hit Kentucky at the wrong time. Kentucky's uh, on fire right now. And I think they're going to hit 
Alabama in in Alabama. I just I just got a lot of don't got a good feeling about this one, but yeah, um, maybe we can salvage that Tennessee game this weekend and. Yeah, which Maybe, uh, which unfortunately, in in the situation you don't want it to be, that game did get a little bit more doable with Zakai Ziegler being hurt for Tennessee again. That's not the way you want that to happen, and I don't wish that upon anybody. But when you're looking at it from Auburn just needing a win and having a better chance to win that game, that it that plays into it. There's no doubt. So if you're not able to get it done tonight, which not a lot of people are thinking it's going to happen. You do have a decent chance to beat Tennessee on Saturday. Yeah, and, and the first time they played them, I, I think they should have won that game. Should have won by double digits, man. Yeah, uh, man, it, that, that was that was tough. That that foul right there at the end that should have been called. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was it was tough, but um, anyway. But that's that's pretty much all I got. I won't keep the phone side up and. Uh, Appreciate y'all. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate, appreciate the call, Jack. Good to hear from you. We appreciate you calling in, and we'd love to hear from any more of our listeners as well. 334-321-1390. And, yeah, I mean, just just talking about the, the situation of all of the factors playing into tonight's game, it's Auburn, Alabama, right? It that is it That is obviously front up. It is Auburn, Alabama. This has become a big rivalry in college basketball because I don't care what anybody says. Ten years ago, nobody cared. Nobody cared that Auburn and Alabama played in basketball ten years ago. They didn't. They do now because of where the programs are. Given the Brandon Miller situation, given how Alabama has poorly handled it, given how the fan bases have gone back and forth, Alabama defending their guy, Auburn fans saying he shouldn't be playing. And it's not just Auburn fans. It's fans from around the country are saying Brandon Miller should not be playing. But bottom line is he's playing. He's going to be there, and he's going to make his impact tonight. Auburn, like you mentioned, Carter, they did a good job in the first game of limiting him to, what, 15 points, I think, 16, something in there. But they gave up so many open layups to the guards that they were just – they just played themselves out of it, and they fell apart down the stretch against Alabama the first time at home. Tonight has a chance to, I think, get kind of ugly in Coleman Coliseum. I, I mean, I think it can. I just think that Auburn has played themselves in, themselves into a situation where they have to show up and they have to show fight. And if they do that, I think that they do have an ability to – hang in this game um I mean you look at the fact that the first time out they had the lead fairly late in the second half I mean I think that that's something Auburn can pull some confidence from but at the same time you they need to understand that that's not enough they got to yeah. finish a game uh like when they play Alabama or a Kentucky or a team that they'll see in maybe Nashville and Texas A&M or maybe the NCAA tournament if they get there. I mean, it, you've it's about finishing these games, and Auburn has not done a good job of that this year. Well, look, bottom line is this. Auburn has to play their best game to win tonight. They have to play their best game of the year to win this game tonight on the road at Alabama because you played borderline your best game at home against Alabama and they still came back and beat you after you were beating them for 34 minutes. All you had to do was finish and you couldn't do it and they beat you when you played the better game. 
I don't agree that Auburn played their best game the first time around. Auburn shot 32% from the field first time. And they were 29% from three, which I guess is right around their average. Well, okay, take out the Missouri game where you scored 85 points and you shot lights out. I'm saying just from, from the perspective of the matchup and everything in it, I think that was one of Auburn, if not their best game all year. I really do against Alabama the first time. Yeah, um, I mean, I think they played really well. I think they can. There is a game out there that this Auburn team has had every now and then, and I look at that Missouri game where there is a higher level game than we you see night in, night out that they can play. They've done it a time or two. They just can't consistently get there. If, if you get that performance out of Auburn, Auburn will be there for the whole 40 minutes, I think. Yeah, and and again, you have to play tonight. You have to play your best game. The guards have to play extremely well. Wendell Green has to shoot effectively. I would I would just be so excited if he didn't shoot it 10 times or more, but he will. Uh, but the guards have to play well. You can't turn the ball over. You're going to have to make some shots. Uh, there's no doubt you are going to have to make some shots. I would like to see Auburn work their way to the free throw line tonight and make their free throws. Jalen Williams has to get touch after touch after touch and be hitting those shots and get his way to the free throw line. Alan Flanagan has to have a good night, a, an effective night shooting, not turning the ball over. Janai Broom has to play to his size and bully Betty Ako down low and get his numbers and get some boards. Double-double tonight for him is what is needed. Uh, And the bench is going to have to come up. Man, the bench has not been scoring any points. And Auburn's playing five on eight because the bench is scoring 10 points or less the last couple of games. And so they have to come in. Chris Moore, Dylan Cardwell, Katie Johnson, Leor Berman of all people. They have to score tonight for Auburn to have a chance. So you know how I said that you need to get 55 points out of Wendell Green, Jalen Williams, and Janai Broom. Last time out, you lose by eight. And you got 48 by them. If you get seven, eight more points, you're right there at the very end. Yeah. Uh, I think just because of the lack of scoring ability the Auburn bench has, you have to go get a high-level performance out of your main three scores. If Alan Flanagan wants to shoot better than one for nine like he did last time out, that'd be a huge help. Katie Johnson wants to be more efficient than three of nine from the field. That'd be another huge help. But Auburn has to play. Right now, I think the only guys you can rely, the, that you can most consistently rely on to score a lot of points are Wendell Green, Janai Broom, Jalen Williams. Those guys have to have a big night. And you got to get them the ball. Get Jalen Williams the basketball. I've seen way too many times in the first half of these games where Auburn gives Jalen Williams the ball, he's doing some good things, he's knocking down some shots, and then all of a sudden they're like, well, now nah, we're good, we're done with that, we're going to go somewhere well, else. The, and The first time against this Alabama team, it was an example of that. He was 4 of 5 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3, 3 of 4 at the line in the first half for 14 points. He takes 3 shots the rest of the game. And he goes one for three, and he missed two threes. That's unacceptable. Like, that's unacceptable. There's no reason for that. And and look, Alabama did some things to prevent him the ball, but Jayla Williams is the best athlete on the team. If he wants to get open and get the basketball, he can't. There are ways to get him open. I think he's the most skilled player on the team. I think I think Alan, well, okay. Alan Flanagan yeah. is the best raw yeah. athlete. That's fair. That's, <laughs> that's a better way to say that. But you know what I'm saying. If yes. Jalen wants to get open or you want him to get open – that is possible. It's doable. 
there's no reason he should just go silent and cold in the second half of these games. But the, the Alabama guards cannot rip you apart like they did in in Neville Arena where you had Jaden Bradley score 12 points on 5-6 from the field. Mark Sears, 15 points, 5-7 from the field, 2-3 of three from 3. Uh, and Rylan Griffin, 5-7 from the field, 3-5 of five from 3. And then, of course, you had uh, Quinterly got a bucket, but... And Quinterly gets better this time of year, which is another worrying thing. But those four guys, they missed between the four of them. Five total shots? Yeah. Five total shots. I think there's a couple of more really important factors. I've mentioned them already. I want to touch on them. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show, give our final thoughts and predictions. Auburn on the road tonight at Alabama. Ten-point underdogs against the number two team in the country. We'll wrap it up when we come back here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up the Wednesday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins, Carter Bird, with you here on the Auburn Open Like a Sports Leader, ESPN 1067. Got a couple of minutes before we get out of here. If you missed any of today's show, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast. You can find it ESPNAU.com. Click on the podcast center. You'll find it commercial free right there, uh, right after the show. In the first hour, we talked to Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 about the uh, Jalen Carter situation uh, with the news coming out today some charges brought against him and so got some really interesting thoughts from him about that and then lots of college basketball talk here in this second hour including Auburn and Alabama tonight uh, six o'clock tonight on ESPN2 Auburn 10 point underdogs at the number two team in the country Alabama wins they win the SEC regular season title outright they'll cut down the nets as Auburn walks to the locker room if Auburn wins tonight they'll secure a spot in the NCAA tournament. So that is what's at stake tonight. And two things I think are really important here, Carter. For Auburn to have a chance to win this game, you got to get to the free throw line. you got to get to the free throw line, take the crowd out of it because they're going to be as hostile as any environment you've been in all season long. Get to the free throw line and knock them down. I'm looking at Wendell Green, Alan Flanagan, Katie Johnson, and Jalen Williams. I'm looking at those guys. Jani Broom as well, but... Can't bank on him super, super hard to be very consistent and get tons of free throws at the free throw line night in, night out. He's had performances, but I'm not looking at him. I'm looking at those other guys. I will say, he has been a much different free throw shooter in conference play. He has, 100%. Than he was before before conference play, or for the season, he's uh, 61.5%. In conference play, he's... 67.9%. 67.9%. Which, from a big man, that's really all you can ask for. Yeah, and I mean, I mean I'm mean, i curious. I'm, I'm going to pull up his splits and see what his, his um, I guess, free throw percentage is over the last month or two. Yeah, but Auburn's got to get to the free throw line. He's been an 80% free throw shooter in the month of February. Interesting. How about that? Interesting. We'll he's see if 20, it carries over. 20 of 25 at the line in the month of February. But that's the thing. He doesn't get there a ton. And that's the problem is he doesn't get there a lot. That's why I look at Jalen Williams, Wendell Green, Katie Johnson, and Alan Flanagan. Those guys will get to the free throw line. And I feel confident about them when they're at the line more times than not. And so how do you keep yourself in a game on the road? You get to the free throw line. And that's what Auburn has to do. Also, here's what's important tonight. I'm looking at Auburn's body language. 
I'm looking at Auburn's mental toughness tonight, mental response when Alabama comes out and puts a lot of points on them. It's going to happen. Alabama's going to score tonight. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Does Auburn win tonight? No, probably not. They're probably not going to win. How do they respond? That will impact how they do on Saturday and if they get to the NCAA tournament. That's what I'm looking for. We are out of time. Auburn and Alabama tonight, 6 o'clock on ESPN2. But we're out of time. Come back tomorrow, 2 to 4 p.m. right here on ESPN 106.7. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.